0: Look who we got on the line here, old JT. <laughs> wow, wow,
1: JT, and the lighting that he has—the lighting <laughs> is just pro,
2: so pro. <laughs> Incredible.
0: <laughs> All I see is a silhouette. <laughs> we just saw JT. When was it? Not a week ago.
2: I know, less than and, a week ago. Oh, just a fun on real Saturday show. Was well, Sunday? And much better lighting there.
0: Yeah. Oh. Now, that was a what fine it, establishment, JT. That was a that fine really was. establishment. Well, thank, you.
1: Sydney, thank you. Sydney, Ohio. What's the name of the coffee shop? Tell the tell the listeners at home.
2: Well, if you're asking me and my wife, it's Green Haas. If you're asking the rest of middle America, it's Green House. Okay. <laughs> so it's Green Haas, a little bit like a uh, a German vibe. Like In the, ba- the, uh, the
3: Bauhaus movement, art movement. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Used to be married to an artist. So I know a little bit about that.
2: <laughs>
3: Didn't <laughs> go well.
4: <laughs> JT, how about for the front man of a band doing as much press as you do, how many podcasts is it? And, you know, why doesn't everybody, including you, have a good podcast
2: set up? it's a very good question very very good question i do have a great podcast set up over at hawthorne heights headquarters unfortunately i'm at where you go to do serious business yes when something really Um,
4: matters that's where you go
2: 100 (laughs) percent. now (laughs) as we all know through our various conversations i am not a professional podcaster like you freaks are
1: yeah. We're very pro.
2: I'm actually a professional touring musician. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's oh, a good shot, point.
3: Shot. Fired. That, very true. that is a really Shots good fired.
4: point. Yeah. We've we've each uh, you know, found our, our true niche, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yours is. We tried that musician. whole band we
0: tried that whole touring band thing. It, it didn't really it, it just out didn't for
4: us. stick. It's you know, we're push and pull with that. <laughs> but this you yeah. can count on, you know, the bedroom, yeah. the mic, you know, have the, have yeah. the camera, you know, do your set, Yeah, exactly. You got the
2: control. I like that. Yeah.
4: Well, when, uh, you know, there was a point with the when bad Christian got big and we were making good sponsor money, especially there was some particular run there yeah. where it was just, it was really amazing. insane, And we were making more money to, <laughs> to do this than play a Emory show. Yeah. And you didn't have to literally travel. Like yeah, Yeah, we we, we make more a week in ad revenue than we would have made if Emory played a headlining show. We make more for one week of ad reads, which shows you that Emory's guarantee is pretty low. But but relative in the terms, our guarantee is pretty low. But it's still to get any guarantee, you have to get a whole band, all their equipment to a city, Mm -hmm. just to get less money than we get to get on Skype and talk. With no plan for an hour and a half, and then get
2: that to not travel. So you could see why that formed somewhat of a rut. Can yeah. you can you imagine a least efficient business plan than touring?
4: No, it's the least efficient, <laughs> yeah. and a podcast episode in say me undies ads is the most efficient. They're 100
2: percent. Can you can you imagine an actual? A lifestyle choice that would have you be at home, away from home, 24 hours a day, (laughs) where best case scenario, you perform one hour a day (laughs) and don't get paid for 23 of the hours that you were officially away from home. Right, right. And that you have to cover all of your own expenses. Can you think oh, of a right. worse? No, it's. I think it's worse than you're making it out to see a because bad it's,
4: it's it's basically an illegal profession too. From a lot of practical standpoints, you think it's like it's frowned upon in every way because there's many days where we play a show that we also would have exceeded the limit that they allow truckers to drive in a day and <laughs> load and unload a truck, which we also do every day. Definitely. Like So that's a whole job that is a hard job, and they have limits on how hard you can push those people, and it looks something like eight hours of driving. But we yes, might drive 12 hours and unload the truck, load the truck, and then <laughs> do the like thing the we show. came there to do wh- after yeah. that.
2: So I pretty always grueling. joke that, uh, that all bands, until you get to a certain level, like in arenas and stuff like that, we're all basically long-haul truckers. Yes, Masquer- masquerading as loaders, right? <laughs> Loading, yeah. So- somehow getting paid some sort of guarantee for the one-hour performance. I think we should all factor in the load time, yeah. The drive right. It's like, time, right? Yeah. All of that stuff. We, let's Did start you- doing that in our balance budgets when the promoters start coming to us for the merch rate, and they start coming <laughs> to us for like for uh, you know whittling down our expenses and renting the same barricade to us for the last 20 years, we start saying, well, we're going to, we're going to factor in, we got, you know, this, it was 450 miles this time. So we're going to have to chop that
0: off. I mean, if you factor in all those elements and, and also that you're splitting the money with four or five other guys we're talking. We're we're get, we're down to minimum wage here.
2: We're oh, like, You're below. It's Fifteen dollars an hour, yeah.
0: and, and and y'all didn't even mention that. that there's almost Devin
2: with his with the glass half full, talking minimum wage. <laughs> we're not even
1: close to that. And, and y'all are even talking. There's always one wild card that's going to screw everything up. Oh, you know, know what, right? what I mean? Like, like in burn. every
3: ten. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Matt was talking about our podcast, how amazing it was doing. And then a pastor destroyed it.
2: It was, <laughs> and it was, oh, uh,
1: so, so, so JT, let's talk about some of your former members. <laughs>
2: it's easy to get was it all your former. We're all it's your former easy.
0: members. See? <laughs> some y'all moved on from a few, from one. Well, but for scared. real though, JT, JT you guys, I mean, okay, <clears throat> you, your band and our band, in many, many ways, are very similar. I mean, eerily similar to a degree. I mean, we've been going for almost the same exact amount of time. I mean, we've been, you know, our albums came out first a few months from each other, and we've toured together. I mean, I don't even know at this point how many times we've been on a tour together. It's been a lot.
2: It's an infinite loop that I'm proud of. It feels
0: like it. But it's crazy because you guys, similar to us, you managed to get through the valleys. You try, you you kind of overcame any obstacles that got in your way, and you just keep yep. pushing forward. And you're making stuff happen that's really cool. And I, we don't have to go fully into the fest yet, but I mean, Is for Lovers Fest was just incredible last year, and you guys are expanding all that. I mean, that's really something. I mean, people look at us a lot of times and with uh, matt and toby with the bad christian podcast they're like oh you guys are so resourceful and you have all these cool ideas and keep expanding in a way we do and we have too many ideas a lot of times so um but you guys are very similar as you have a printing company i mean you and your wife own a coffee house and you guys have this whole festival thing so i mean it's really cool to see that that there is bands like you that that have managed to maintain in a similar fashion that we have and, and are super cool to be around and, and to work with in those avenues. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm just, you know, I'll
2: take all, all the, the, the good smoke things. I can get baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things that has kept us all here and kept us all like in kindred spirits is the fact that we all, you know, we all grew up doing the dumbest shit in the world. I grew up in a trailer in West Virginia and you know i fight every single day to not get back in that trailer in west virginia you know right. i ha- i have a ghost that haunts me every night and but i also have a deep love for creating and monetizing art and being able to take ideas that are in my head and be able to bring them to life and the fact that you can monetize that in any way i find to be you know like the the greatest gift that anybody could ever be given is to be able to actually be an artist and i think that that is the thing that every band needs to do more of and if we didn't have to worry about things like paying our bills and stuff you could literally sit there all day and come up with as many songs as you wanted to and then at the end of the day you just hang out with your family but like we live in an era where that's not necessarily really able to exist so so basically what i would say is i'm willing to cut every corner that i can like print my own merch and do stuff like that and cut out every single person who has their <laughs> hand out to right. get money from me <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to keep it here so I can keep creating more art. That's the whole vibe yeah. that that anybody that's in a band should be doing. You cut out the bullshit. You know, you remember when you guys had like a seven hundred and fifty dollar alcohol budget for your writer?
3: Yeah, I oh, mean that Jordan, was a month ago. <laughs> I remember when <laughs> I was touring. They didn't have that budget. We would just spend it. Yeah, we, yeah, we, just, <laughs> quick. just go get it.
0: <laughs> That is yeah. true, though, but be- because there's been times, like, with- in reference to the alcohol, where, you know, I mean, hundreds of dollars a day. Hundreds. <laughs> yes. And then if some-, some expense comes up about, like, we got to
3: pay this guy $500 for doing
0: You're something.
2: You're like, come this- Are you? I am paying, <laughs> <man>.
1: It's
5: <laughs> like, what? what <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. Are you serious? So,
3: I don't want this to come off the wrong way. Because <laughs> I am grateful I've paid what I was worth. Alcohol was paid more than me ever 100% yes 100 working for Emery, you are correct every day the liquor store the grocery store got more oh, money out of emery's yeah. pocket than than i would have and that is that is not a jake ryan complaint that is just an observation <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for real
2: they're like i think the one thing that i've always realized is Why are you trying to give other people a portion of your income instead of keeping that portion of your income? Because the more people you cut out, the more that you can keep, as long as you're willing to be able to do the work and you're lucid. Do you know what I mean? Like all I ever wanted to do was be in a professional band. I wasted five years of my twenties trying to get there why would I ever try to fuck it up? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, people, right. I, I I don't think people realize how much they're coasting, how much yeah. they're like, dude, I'll just go out there and I'll play the show and then I'll get shit hammered drunk. And then, you know, maybe I'll either meet somebody on the road and like, it's an infinite loop that they're a part of. And they don't even realize that like your twenties and thirties are fucking gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and all you did all you did was squander an opportunity
0: <laughs> that is very oh, true
2: that's hilarious oh,
0: no
4: that's
2: so funny I mean, who, I who are you talking run? to who oh are you ta- God, like
0: what's
4: me? the audience of people you're talking to right it's now? Me. i mean
2: 75 70 like 75 who are these people 75% of, of this phone call
5: <laughs> so,
3: so i've always thought i've said to people uh if, all right i don't know don't know even as much as y'all do or what's valuable but i think the real interesting thing is i still think booking agents are really fucking valuable and i think probably ever i think yeah. every band should have a yeah. booking agent that is good and can get them on stuff and almost everything else is a clown show yep. outside of a good booking. Agent. The, but booking agents sure. are the A
4: one. Like the yeah. agent relationship is the top of the chain. It, it is the thing. Mm-hmm. It is the main gate that there could ever be. Is yeah. that literal physical yeah. gate to the physical person and their presence when it comes? Like that yes. gate is the gate of all gates, and, and it's direct. And everything tied. else is just whatever. What you pay yeah. them
3: is directly tied to exactly one thing that they right. g- either get yeah. a result or don't get a result from. Yeah. Right? it's the so. one
4: thing that you just can't like. As far I can think of, everything DIY venue. You could go to a tent. You could go to a field. You could just do any. You, there's nothing almost stopping you from being totally independent, except for the actual being represented in some mm-hmm. way by something that is a gate of any type, and that had mm-hmm. wind, would wind up being a person, and that person would then be called an agent. So yes. There's one, there has to be one gate, and that would be it.
3: The worst booking agent in the world and the best booking agent in the world both charge you the same. Yeah. They charge you exactly (laughs) the same. You could have the most powerful booking agent that has ever existed, and they don't charge more than artery foundation. Exactly.
4: Everything's the same. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. So it's just, yes. you keep, they can keep what they kill or eat what they keep, yeah. what they can eat and kill or something like that. But they think of yeah. it in some way, like killing things and then they kill for
2: you. And then something good happens for them. Something. <laughs> and like you that. know, I always tell people because, you know, like younger bands or anybody will ask you any, if they think they have any sort of knowledge, uh, they'll ask you like, how do we get a booking agent? and i'm like well you got to be they either have to see so much potential in you because if you're if you're good enough to become a 100 dollar band and by the way on that first tour we did with you guys we were a 50 dollar band yeah 50 i think we were 100 yes yeah, yeah you were, you probably were um mm-hmm. so those bands like if they didn't see I think this is going to grow and I think this is going to grow fast. And I'm willing to take this ride with this band. If they don't see the future for you, you, I was literally making my booking agent $5 a show, $5. (laughs) And by the way, that's that's still five more dollars than I was making per show. profit. But you have to look at it that way. So unless you're turning into, you know, like a massive artist, that ten percent of a million dollars is hundred thousand dollars. That seems pretty sick. So Taylor Swift is crushing, but almost every band that people have heard of are like right, probably right around a five hundred dollar band, mm-hmm. and that's fifty dollars a show. That's still nothing, and that's mm-hmm. considered successful in this business. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So like, like that is the guy that that I talk to the most. And, and we share an agent, so we know a lot about the ins and outs of the same person. But I yeah. talk to our agent, Ben, every single day. And the reason that I do that is because I know that that is where most of my income is coming. And I want to know when it's happening, and I want to know how frequently it's happening, and I'm the one who's pitching ideas nonstop. And I'm probably super aggressive and super annoying <laughs> to Ben. But, no. but <laughs> I don't if I don't shove and push and claw and hammer him,
5: yeah. he's
2: got other bands to work for too. Yeah. So I'm like, look, yeah. this is what we need. You were the guy that's supposed to go get it. So go get it. And really, that really—that's how it Is for Lovers started. Yeah, it started because it started because I was like, "Look, we're not getting enough for who we are. You need to go out right. there and find something. You need to—I don't know who you don't know, but go know somebody." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know I mean? yeah, tell <laughs> You better go know somebody. Is, <laughs> literally, this is all about relationships. You know what I mean? I'm tired you're of all my, my friends. You told the agent, let me see if I understand. (laughs) You
4: told the booking agent, this is all about relationships. Get out there and know people, fool. Know Know some people. You told him it's all about the relationships. I wish I was in
0: JT's band. That would be, that's just somebody like that driving the ship. Oh my God. Dude, get your ass
2: out there and you'd know somebody. (laughs) Cold call AFI. I want to be on tour with them. Cold call Jimmy World. Cold call my favorite bands. But anyway, really it was like, dude. How many times can we not play Riot Fest or Coachella or whatever it is? How many times can we not get those festivals? So why don't we just do it ourselves? That's the next level of DIY Mm -hmm. is being like, you know what? We don't need your offer every six years. Right. Right, you know what I mean. Yeah, let's create this and let's help all of our friends out who also don't get those offers, or if they do get them, they get them every six years, every four right. years. Do you know what I mean? So like it it's like, waiting on somebody to grant you
4: permission for what yes. the value that that is there is actually there. Like yes. I, it's like it sounds arrogant, but if you just understand that there are in every city, there's a certain demand that is simply floating there to be met of any given band that is known in every city because it's distributed. So there's a certain dollar amount waiting to rain upon us. If we can get to Cincinnati and allow that every rain to, to like, whatever it is, <laughs> if we can just get there, it can happen. You don't need the, the people grantors of opportunity to create some opportunity because the exactly. value is already there. It's just a matter of organizing doing a little bit yeah. of organizing.
2: Yep. And like, I, I just view the entire music industry that way. I have no idea. Inefficient. I have no idea why bands have no idea what publishing means. I don't know why bands don't know that the most powerful part of their of their That should be
4: easy to understand why. Because they're
2: masters.
4: Because it's the one thing where they passed an actual law to protect people so that you could be sure that it exactly doesn't work because yes. they then become so obscured and perverted it's insane. And the complicated so that the whole industry depends on you not being able to understand it. Can you that's, imagine that's why up. you don't understand it? Yes, get, can it's you It's written by the people who whose most highest intention is for you not to understand it. One hundred percent. That
2: is written in the incentive. So, imagine giving up your twenties and thirties, and not knowing how to get paid for your songwriting. That imagine nobody giving, knows how. Nobody. Yes, so imagine knows how. giving up your twenties and thirties and not knowing that owning your masters is the most important mm-hmm. thing in yes. your. Musical creation. Yeah. Imagine giving up your Uh 20s and 30s. Yeah. And having no idea what releasing and recording recorded music actually is and giving everybody else the power over the songs that you wrote that everybody loves. Imagine doing that and trading it for beer on a rider. <laughs> did it? Yeah, did it. it.
0: You make it sound bad. <laughs> no, but yeah. I'm like, just kidding.
3: <laughs> but hold on, though. Whenever you're 20 years old, I was 20 years old when we got a record deal. Like, you don't feel like there's a chance to even do it without getting the label to help you. And like, all right, we're gonna. In that time. For, but that was sure. a lie. But nobody knew I, it. Well, now, now people but are was learning it. it but, but it was. was. It? Would we have gotten yes. on toward with Emory if we had told Tooth and Nail to go pound sand?
2: They don't have to pound sand. They just don't get to own your masters.
3: Well, sure. But we had a lawyer. Our lawyer didn't tell us to negotiate a licensing deal. Like that,
2: You wouldn't that, have had the leverage to
4: do
3: it. At the that's time, what I'm it was saying, the best yeah. you could do.
4: But, yeah. you know. it. I it, mean, we it, had Snoop Dogg's lawyer.
3: I, He's as good of a lawyer as you could need, right?
2: Well, so I will say I, I'm not going to hold you accountable for your very first record contract, but I will hold 30 and 40-year-olds accountable for not knowing how to monetize their future when they leave their friends and their family for months at a time. Yeah. The legacy that you actually leave behind are the master recordings that are exploitable by your grandkids.
0: Mhm. Right.
2: So when yeah, Ohio owning lovers, that is
4: critical yeah if you can Yes when, when Ohio is <laughs> yeah, for exactly. lovers
2: 2060 comes out and we're all gone I mean that's not that long so hopefully not but uh, <laughs> you know what i mean like that, that that's the that's the portion of your legacy that you should at least understand so even if you can't get it you know what i mean even if the label's like Matt, mm-hmm. we're not we you can walk away or you can just know that you weren't able to get what you wanted to get. But understanding what you're after is the most important factor within all this. And all I'm saying is, if you were to talk to your grandparents who bought their houses for $6,000 and have worked at a power plant until they were able to draw a pension, if you were to tell them, hey, I'm going to go get out on the road and I'm going to be gone for seven weeks at a time, and I have no idea how I make money whatsoever. How's that sound, Grandpa? (laughs) What do you think they would say to you? If you could could not tell them that you actually own a business and that you're a traveling business and that you have millions of fans, but you haven't figured out why you can't make any money, yet you're going to continue to do this for 20 years. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, your grandparents that, they are so be. mad at you right now.
4: The shape oh. of the industry depends on that thing and there must be a reason. Like I know every business is that way, but it's just something particularly exploitable about the artist in that and I really believe this is true. Most of them could not handle not being puffed up by being the type of people that have lawyers and agents and managers and labels and teams of people blowing smoke to them because to keep up the actual puffed upness it requires or something to do the thing. Most people really, really do need a lot of, of confidence and ego mm. support. That is yeah. a, a requirement that, that, that they'll pay any amount to not have that feeling go away of importance. Does Definitely. that make sense? I, like that is yeah, an ingredient 100% that yes, you can't I, say isn't an ingredient.
2: Yeah, I think it is an ingredient and I think that that's where, people don't realize the loop that they're caught in. And yeah. the only mm-hmm. loop they're caught in is being on that stage and being coddled to for an hour long. Right, right. And they don't realize what they're giving up to get that. And everything else depends on keeping
4: them just in that one spot. The industry is fully revolves around no growth for them.
2: 100%.
4: That That's the, you know, like there's not some... Otherwise you turn to these grizzled weird weirdos like you and me or something. But it's not that's not true. That's just you know, actually learning and growing or something versus being like kept in a weird state until you're discardable.
0: <laughs> JT though, what's the number that if you got offered for and and again, I don't know your guys' full deal. I know how Highs for Lovers is victory and all that. But if someone said from here and maybe you don't get much now from that, I'm not sure. But either way, if someone offered you a number, would you take it for the master of Ohio's for lovers? Obviously, there is a number somewhere, but let's say yeah. it's a realistic number.
4: Is that It'd something be you would consider? So unrealistic, what
2: anybody it would, would, be, ask? It would I mean, I need Neil Young money. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because that's really all you got. You know, yeah. that is that that is a moment in time. But, you know, it's a funny story though. So Victory Records, the one of the reasons that I'm fervent at bands understanding the deal that they're signing, uh, especially at a young age is you wait your whole life to get that deal and to get a piece and to become professional. But if you don't know what that deal means and exactly how you're being exploited, it's impossible to make a fair deal on what you're doing. So, like, I just think that everybody should do that research. And at the time, we were just as overzealous as anybody. And you know, we signed a bad deal, and that's that's exactly why I work to make sure that I don't have to sign that deal anymore. But you know, our deal got sold to Concord, um, which is a company that buys up record labels and they buy up master recordings because it mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. absolute only thing of value. Owning of owning the IP is what everybody's about that are like exactly the real, owning the, real the
4: deal, people. Yeah. Out
2: there. Yeah, and, and if if you want to dork out for just a second, uh maybe maybe this will be interesting for people who don't understand how bands get ripped off and bands don't make money when they have actual big songs. It's because somebody else typically owns their masters. But um the way that it avalanches money is when we when we all sold a million CDs back in the day, those were physical CDs, right? So when we all started this, we were all selling CDs, compact discs. And then it floated into vinyl a little bit, but it was mostly CDs, a physical product, retails for $12.99, $13.99, something like that. Well, when the next thing came out, which would have been the digital file, which would have been iTunes, right? you're re-exploiting the exact same master. So when that comes out, there's no more cost assigned to it because you've already paid to have it. And you are now not assigning manufacturing costs again. So you've just double dipped on the exact same master recording. So when the next thing came out, which would be streaming, you are triple dipping on the same master recording. You're adding no new cost to any of this. So that is all avalanching income to you every single time. So when streaming is done and there's some sort of yeah, new future
4: platform version right.
2: of something, yes, it's being able to exploit mm-hmm. your songs in, in whatever comes, right? In yeah. whatever, they'll be, they'll be able to be extract
4: something. like a world, a VR world from it, and sell tickets oh, to the week weeks. Oh. Exactly, what uh, holiday getaway? Unlimited, weekends, and else yes. you still won't have it. And they they'll be able to sell. Yeah. Get you yeah. know,
1: somebody that did not whatever. did not involve themselves at all yeah. in the artistic process yeah. will make so much money on that.
2: That's exactly what yeah. I, yes that is exactly right. what I'm saying so, it's so there was the moment where our
4: catalogs problems. were worth seemingly nothing there was a moment Yes, remember when there we was it's a it's really important really important if you're going to try and think straight about what this would have ever felt like at the time though you did think that it's absolutely insane that your band could be known somewhere at all because of like this whole you were so lucky that you were in a scene that was breaking or people paying attention or there was this little website or whatever it was you thought that was so lucky that that window was open for this tiny minute where some people might know who you are and that window will shut soon and your band will eventually break up you might get out a record or two and you don't imagine anybody will still know about your band four years after you play your last show. 100%. That would have have been what you you thought. This is the moment where some people kind of know who we are. And the second we disappeared or put out our final album, which for a lot, like you you couldn't have thought it was more than a couple albums, you would have thought your band name and things would just go dark. And Absolutely. never be spoken of again or resurface, right. and your catalog would be worth zero. Like, you thought it was in 2000, maybe you would have guessed, like in 2013 or 11 or 12. Yeah, this shit's. You, this shit's you would have projected ahead said, I anymore. guess it'd be worth nothing. So, like, if, if you tried to buy your own catalog at that time, you probably couldn't have because of the deals they were making. Mm-hmm. But if deals were being made where bands were, if we'd have been smart enough to be trying to buy our own rights to our masters then. It you might it might have been shockingly cheap compared to what it's worth now.
2: Yes, if like, we you know, had the, pan, you know, if we had instead of the sports almanac, we had the master recording almanac from right. Back to the Future too. Right. <laughs> yeah, we could have all went back, and we could have bought the masters to very popular things that we knew would yes. stream great. Can you imagine going oh, yeah, back yeah. now and being like, hey? Yeah. Speculation that. Yeah. I
4: you
2: know think. it seems crazy, but there's going to be an ocean spray commercial. We're going to want that Fleetwood Mac song.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
2: Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Right. One yeah, of the, one of the, top, so
0: much money that was. Yes.
2: One of the top 20 songs full stream two years ago was that Fleetwood Mac song. And it was because of a viral TikTok or a viral Instagram post of a guy riding a longboard, drinking ocean spray cranberry while listening to Fleetwood Mac. And that is exactly what I'm talking about. So that's a re-exploitation of your master recording that has already been paid for in 1973. So out of nowhere, you have no idea that Walls could get popular next year because some popular TikTok person could just play that song and every single person on their channel is like, whoa, what? Is that right? And it that's crazy. And you check your heat map, and you can tell exactly where that came from. Spreads like wildfire, your streaming goes up 15,000 percent, and there is a brand new catalog for walls. And that is exactly why your master is so important because you can constantly, and we wouldn't participate if that
4: does happen to us, we will not participate in any way with such a windfall. Yes, (laughs)
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. is the most we'll frustrating part. Actually, we heat.
4: would get a percentage of it. We do get a percentage, but, but uh, you get a, a small approach, percentage but still. Right, yeah, right, right. But right.
2: you know what I mean, like, and that's the yeah. most. That's the that's the reason that I think that young artists, because young artists have more power today than we ever had. You will not find a young artist that has any amount of heat to their name right now that will sign. A non licensing deal. Yeah, there's they
4: don't no, even, no, 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 nobody would ever think about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, even, so like, would, yeah, remember that time when there was 360 deals? There was like, oh, the label's going to do all this stuff. 100%. Yeah. I mean, this mm-hmm. is the opposite of that. There's no artist anywhere that would do anything other than let a label participate for a period of time for a percentage. That there is the only right. thing artists do these days, if that shows you yep. the power. Balance. Th-
1: those 360 deals are insane. I was just listening to, uh, logan paul podcast it had rob Deerdick on who's insane he he was <laughs> talking about uh, yeah, yeah well, yes exactly ohio native and uh he was talking about uh how much he's doing uh, the uh ridiculousness is insane i'm not getting into it but he said he got offered a 360 deal and it was like it, it might have been like a hundred million dollars or something like that right and he was like wait a minute they're all you own 100- everything if they're honing, if they're offering me a hundred million dollars, that must mean I'm worth a whole yeah. lot of money. You know what I mean? Like like, like Mr. Yeah. Beast,
4: right? Somebody but offered him a billion dollars yeah. for his no.
1: IP, don't, and he's like, "Wait, hold on! Don't even
4: think about it." If you're offering yeah, me that, think,
1: exactly. you're thinking you're going to ten x this at least. Yeah. So what? No, why I am I it. giving you? This? And you're right. Like uh, you said this earlier, JT, and it really uh, you were talking about. How, uh, you said it was almost like it was the greatest gift to monetize your art. So many artists, so many band dudes, you know, all get caught up in. I want to be cred. I want to be real. I want to be all this stuff. Monetizing your art is not a sin. It is not bad. It is not evil. It is taking care of the art that you created. It is and, the most and we punk didn't know
2: rock that. thing yeah. you could ever do. Of course, it is. The most punk rock thing you could ever do is own your own fucking music. That's right. the most punk thing that you can ever do is to monetize the things that you create so the man can't. That is right. the most punk thing. And you know what?
0: Hell yeah.
2: Nobody wants to say this, and this is a very timely thing to say because they just released a new <laughs> song today. Lars was fucking right. Oh, great. We got to be on with Hell Lars yeah. Though. Come on. You can't tell me
0: to Lars. That's a... <laughs> JT, man, you're getting me pumped up over here. You're like an emo <laughs> motivational speaker. Yeah, what's the, the bridge? bridge
4: here? Because Lars is on the hook for being anti-sharing, which and I'm yes. so pro-sharing. It's not even funny though. I think free well, replication is the is the mandate. You know,
2: yeah, I, I'm not actually saying Lars is right, but he was right about the intellectual property being the most important yes, part of that. your art is being if you want to listen yeah. to Metallica, you should want Metallica to get the the royalties and stuff like that yeah. because Metallica created the art and you're a Metallica fan.
4: Yeah, he was right about so what it's, it's was not because he's yeah. yeah, it's not because
2: yeah. he's greedy. It's because he created it and he should share in that income. That's all he was saying, but it made it come out. Obviously, it was... Not the right messaging, but like the most punk thing you can do are these shows that you guys do just at our coffee shop the other day you oh. so, you sent out your own ticket link. nobody touched that right yep. you played at your friend's coffee shop. I didn't touch your income. there was a line of people that wanted to buy your merch. I helped sell it. Yeah. Artists should be like artists. It should be a community. You know who had it 100% right? The fucking Grateful Dead. Absolutely. 100%.
4: The Grateful Dead. I say that all the time lately, as I always keep thinking about that.
2: Yeah. They were selling tickets via mail order. So they didn't have, and this is a very timely conversation because everybody is like yelling about Taylor Swift tickets and stuff like that. But there was two. Stoners running the ticket ring for the Grateful Dead in San Francisco, California, in the 60s, in the 70s. And they were literally, you would mail them $12 cash (laughs) and they would mail you back two tickets. (laughs) And the band would get 100% of it. And the band hired the two guys, he hired staff. In order right. to cut the entire ticket company out and to hold all of that power. So they were able to negotiate their touring deals with the venues and say, hey, we don't need you for anything. We're just going to rent your venue.
4: Right. How punk is that? We just is need that? a room. We just need yeah. a room. Yeah. Dude. Unless your friend has a room or you yep. have a tent. Right. So what, who cares? <laughs>
2: because what's the most important thing here the exploitable ip and the master which emory owns people are coming to my coffee shop to watch emory play emory songs and we're, we're here, not here to coming, ex- and we're yeah, here to exploit to them right yes
4: am i hearing you right what do we who are we exploit <laughs>
2: you take every dollar we, you, you have can the shop from
1: every- <laughs> right okay no but the but but the people get to give money directly to the artist they <laughs> yeah. buy they it buy a, they get to buy a coffee from jt's yeah place and then they yeah. get to support emory and instead right. of ticket master fees that you don't understand even what that is yeah because like, it doesn't even what know, do you why. know
4: is it because you need them because you know you need a trusted intermediary between us and you Right. Yeah. Every, you worried it, about the ticket
2: fraud that you know the bands do? Yeah. Everybody's. Everybody needs a gatekeeper for some reason. Yeah, right.
1: And ticket
3: fraud. Do you yeah. know how all the bands it's do the ticket fraud? So you need a trusted, <laughs> right. you know, intermediary. You can't trust a band. Right. You can't like well, you couldn't band. trust us. You trust them. That's it, why you really need the funny.
4: the bank. That's why I like the bank so much. They, they. Yeah. You do you know when your kids want candy? Like they have there's candy around and you have it for them, you say but they say but I just want to hold it. So I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hold it. That's what the bank is. That's just that energy. Like it's your FD- money. It's yours.
2: FDIC. Look, approved. but I have a tie on, and I, I'm just gonna hold
4: the money. If it goes bad, then yeah, we won't have it. But anyway, it's your money. But I'm just gonna hold it. I have a tie. We give away suckers. <laughs> We're you need us to hold your money. That's like what. That's what ticket the the, tr- the trust they. You got to trust yeah. somebody. You can't just it's be, be giving a band your money. And that's why bands money.
2: feel that way, man. Bands have yeah. been indoctrinated from the banks, so they're like, "Hey, we're just yeah. going to hold your masters. Yeah, right. we're just we're just going to hold them and send them yeah. out to everybody. That. You don't have to worry We don't want you to worry yeah. about that. You just get out there and you make your hundred dollars a day, split <laughs> among six members by Emory in two thousand four, and uh, you know everybody will be good." You know, if you could do 300, 400 shows a year, that would be <laughs> helpful. Um, sure. Meanwhile, we'll just take these masters in perpetuity. And mm-hmm. when any new format comes out, we'll be cool.
4: Yeah, because you wouldn't understand when the new <laughs> format comes out, you'll need us to, you know. Oh, there's no
2: money there. Yeah. Facilitate you know, one, one of that. the things that, that we got told, uh, I'm sure you guys remember this when when we were super annoying after that tour and you saw our name everywhere and you saw ringtones being sold of a song you had to hear for six weeks and there's a like a a frog on the commercial and it's like (laughs) Ohio's for lovers. Hey, uh, we've been noticing a lot of commercials on MTV featuring Ohio's for lovers. How was that accounted in our royalties? Oh, you don't get paid for this. Oh, okay, cool. Get it. Got it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> how are you even supposed to like handle that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that's just one small example that not owning your master recording, we missed out on ringtone money, something that <laughs> yeah. is, is, doesn't even exist anymore. You can put your ringtone on <laughs> however you want on your iPhone. There was a point in time where that was an exploitable asset. Yeah. We lost probably a million dollars in ringtone money.
5: Seriously,
3: seriously, you really did. Oh no! Yes,
2: that ring is why hot. I'm fervent and a staunch supporter of bands telling the label, "You know what? We'll just do without, please."
3: Right, but I mean, because we're gonna keep yeah. we're
2: gonna keep these songs whether they're worth anything or not.
3: But y'all got it worse than most. Is the other. Thing to this we like, did
2: which is why yeah. we create all of our own shit yeah. you know like opportunity is the mother of invention so like what can you do can you tuck your tail between your legs and say i guess i won't play guitar anymore i guess i'll go get a job doing something i hate i would <laughs> i would rather get ripped off <laughs> doing what i love than i would not <laughs> doing what i hate yeah. <laughs> that's good
1: i,
0: I hear you man good. i hear you i mean if Dude.
2: we would
1: here's what really sucks about it you don't realize it like a a young artist does not realize it and then now that we're all older you realize shit if we just had the masters for like our first two albums just those like i mean it would mean so much financially to us now which is what every fucking other person does with like oh yeah stocks or anything they invest their time and money in, <laughs> they, get they go one day not, this is going to pay off. It. But we don't
4: get a payoff. We invested in but, what we do not get.
1: We, yeah, we did we did an unbelievable amount of work yeah. to not receive money now. Right, To not get, yeah, right. not no,
0: get. no, We actually, you know, we took what uh, what did we take eight thousand for the first. <laughs> yeah, it, we, we took eight thousand dollars for the weeks yeah. end. Yeah. We took maybe twenty for the question thousand dollars. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, we that's insane. You traded I mean, it all. We traded hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, millions for eight thousand I mean, dollars
4: yeah. in advance. Yeah, for just up front. For, just give for us eight thousand dollars
1: Up front. <laughs> Can you imagine Cold, if cash. somebody told you now, "I'll give you eight thousand dollars <laughs> for the end, You would laugh, and you would just—it would be the oh. biggest joke in the whole world. Oh my! Now at the same time, maybe this is JT. You but, made this point. Back then, what else were you going to do? You know what I mean? Like when when we started tooth and nail, even then, the internet was just still growing and kind of becoming something. You know what I mean? Like now, artists go, wait a minute. I mean, artists now have so much influence on on their career with social media, TikTok. I mean, anything. I mean, I I promise you, I hear most of the new music I listen to from TikTok.
2: Yeah. I really do. Can I spin it in a slightly different way for you? All right. You got paid $8,000 for the week's end in 2004. All to be told 20 years later when you were prepared to try to do the week's end tour, 20 year anniversary that all you're doing is trying to do a cash grab and Uh. rip off your fans. Your fans to tell you online that these guys are just doing this for a cash grab.
1: Fucking assholes.
2: (laughs) You got paid $8,000 for the rights to do that. For every one of your fans to say. Waited 20 years uh, and then
4: go want to go play. That's amazing. Yeah, here's another sliced way to look at when we record Recorded the week's end it cost six thousand dollars so mm-hmm. we spent our own six thousand dollars in the first place before we sold it for eight that's another part of the story yeah. um, and grew up by two thousand they, they didn't they didn't yeah. give us eight thousand dollars to go make it they literally right, paid right. eight thousand dollars for something we just paid six thousand dollars already for made for right. Right. right right so they done. we spent six thousand then they gave us eight so we got
0: Made two grand there. Now, God, that makes so much more sense now.
4: It makes it 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 costs six thousand dollars to make. Um, right now in streaming and revenues, royalties it probably makes nearly that a month.
2: Yeah, definitely.
4: Like the, what it costs to make. Definitely. it makes that every month and a half or so. It would, you know, just. That's what it's worth. We don't get that, but yeah.
0: Right. And think about people who are huge.
4: Oh, I know. Yeah. It's hilarious. That like, are missing
0: out on if millions. If you see any one hit million. wonder
4: and you just go to whatever it is, just go to the one hit wonder and go, Oh yeah. That one song, 378 million plays or whatever. They definitely don't get any of it. <laughs> so don't unless think they that they, under, at least get, they, get, they, they, they don't masses. get it. Yeah. They don't get it. Yep. There's not some 90, you know, they don't get it. That money. You know, most likely oh. it's like, well, you see it go oh, good for them. They, they wound up getting them, you know, 500 million plays, but they don't get probably get anything.
2: Yes. Still, even if it yeah. blows you, up now, they will just maybe get a better office, show. You walked it, you walked into tooth and nails office and said, we paid $6,000 for this. We will take $2,000 in profit and you can have our twenties and thirties.
1: You could
4: have it rest forever, <laughs> uh, but Tooth and Nail doesn't have it either. They but to to gain their own independence had to give the yeah. back catalog back to their because they got in. They did the same. They leveraged themselves up in the same way with EMI and Capitol Records and all that. So they made a deal above them that they went. You know, same same situation. Like that's just and now the we have
0: to ask. Now we have to ask permission to m- make something that we made into a new product. Like we have to ask permission to make a vinyl of an album of songs that we created 20 years ago.
4: Cause it's not, yeah, we have to ask permission from ask. the person who actually owns it.
0: We made it and we're asking permission to use yeah. what we made. Isn't that crazy? Yeah.
2: It's absolutely crazy.
0: I mean, I mean, we, we had to pay a, a very high vinyl price just to get permission to make them.
2: Yeah. And, and we, we, just, we
0: just
1: did that within Chalice's We Sale vinyl, yeah. and it sold out immediately. And we had to ask permission, right? Yeah. And pay yeah. Them whatever. You, and you pay basically them. what real amount of money to, 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 Yes. Basically, you
2: licensed your own music. Yes. Yeah. Right. And promoted it you, for them. Right. Yes. You licensed your own music to exploit your own master for songs that you wrote all because you love your fans and now your fans are going to tell you that you're trying to cash grab on the week's end in one year. <laughs> that is what is going to happen. It's really sad be, to see y'all
4: cash grabbing like that. Actually, yep, it's just kind of cringe. I will
2: be saving the cringe. tweets. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just,
4: you Oh know.
0: my gosh. That is so funny.
1: And y'all <laughs> had, it. I mean, that's what's so wild to me is when I think about victory record, if, I mean, the roster on Victory is bar none, maybe the greatest roster of. I mean, it rivals major labels for sure. Like, I mean, of that, the era that roster
2: of the, of the genre for sure.
1: And if it, if Victory would have just treated the bands even half decent, it would have. It would have probably still been around. I mean, what what the legacy that could have happened, the money that for could sure, have been made I think that you would have. I think
2: you would have also had more acts. I yeah, think this, that yeah, I think bands would have continued to sign there, and he would have had. You know, it wouldn't have stopped basically at a day to remember. Right, I think right. that you would have had another. You know, you could use a lot of different. You know, maybe I Prevail goes there, or maybe Motionless and White goes there. You know, maybe. Fearless doesn't get these bands. Maybe they go to Victory right. because of that. But
5: right.
2: you know, there there became a time period where like the word was out, and like yeah. no, but no, no top tier bands were going there or anything, and they weren't able to break new bands because of that. Um, you know, does that mean there was it's, something
4: it's, really there in the talent from Tony? I, this is a, a complicated question. See if you can make sense out of it but he both must have had talent in something and also was maybe not the cutthroat nature of it or the toxicity also maybe part of what made it good in some way that if he was some nice guy wouldn't have i mean how do you untangle that complicated and he's talented at something right yeah for sure i mean I, i
2: think that's
4: what's that guy's gift that he could have been on top. of. I think his,
2: I, I think his gift is, is he's a tenacious negotiator. He's a tenacious promoter. He, he wants to win at everything he does. That's the it's driving like a boxing factor promoter
4: type of character.
2: Yeah. Kind of. I think that it's kind of like, well, if, if this band leaves, I, I will do whatever I have to do to break the next one to prove that it was me and not you I think does there's he have a compet- some
4: ear or musical sense or is it just all hype reading and like culture stuff is he is he music I,
2: does he have taste I have no idea because there's so many more misses than hits, but that's just how anything is. You know what I mean like hmm. like you you can say. because this is all everything that we're judging it on is kind of pre-internet it's very dawn stages of like musical promotion on the internet you know what i mean so like it's not like you can't just look up a website and go hey you know there's this band called emery that's popping in seattle i need to check them out now you you would have one little tiny spike and every label would know about it immediately like back then you did have to have somebody turn something in and you had to listen to it or somebody at the office had to listen to it and go, I think we should look at this. One way or another, whoever that is, you had to have somebody actually play something for you. And everybody had to be like, yeah. this is sick. We need to look and see if there's any fire here. Need yeah, job. because you
4: didn't know. You had to be going on the sound to some degree. You had to be leading it because you had to yes. be getting out in front of uh, – there wasn't, like, trends you could already read. No. Because I remember I when it, that when we came we in, it, they, you could get signed by just having, like, MySpace views at some point. You're like, wait a second, but nobody knows if you're good. It doesn't matter. You, you know, like, they started to get perverted at, at did, that yeah, point. yeah, yeah, it
2: did. But back yeah. then, like – What people don't realize and one of the coolest things about the scene that we were all in is that there was no map to screamo success at that point. We were just all happened to sound like this because we all listened to a lot of different bands. So we all listen, like some of us listen to pop punk bands. Some of us listen to hardcore bands. Some of us listen to metal bands and like a couple of us blended that together and then people started to morph that sound from what we were all doing. You know, when we, when we all came out in our scene, you basically only had Thursday, the used mm-hmm. story of the year. Finch Finch was there. Finch right? was there, Taking but Back a little bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Taking Back Sunday was there, but like, and all those bands kind of sound drastically different, but they do have an aggressive element and a melodic element to it. But before everything was very uh, separated, you know what I mean? It was like if metal bands and hardcore bands toured together, pop punk bands and rock bands toured together, but there was no like soft emo type thing mixed with screaming mixed with like there just wasn't a whole lot of that happening Mm -hmm. you could say yeah well in my town there was one but nobody knew about them because the internet wasn't what it was so there wasn't it wasn't a breeding ground or anything like that you know and the christian scene was entirely separate from the secular scene because of distribution basically You know what I mean? Like now there was a lot of blend. Like now you don't think of like any of these bands really is that different. You know, nobody thinks of under oath in one way or another. They just think of it's under oath. Nobody thinks about stuff like that. But back then it was, it was an uphill battle for us to be accepted by people who were truly like youth group listeners. And then it was tough for, you guys to be accepted by people that thought that maybe you were a little too Jesus-y. You know what I mean? Like there, there was a time period where that was kind of an uphill swim for all of us. And then out of nowhere, it was like, nah, we just like stuff that is like heart on your sleeve, passionate screaming, flailing around on stage. Like if you're doing that and you're passionate about what you're singing about, we're in. There was a point where the scene just became, I don't care what you're singing about. If you believe in it, I believe in it. Yeah. And that was a great moment. That was the sea change for everything. And people don't realize it till you actually sit and think about it because we all had to live it. And like you didn't realize how separated everything was until you could be like, oh no, like Poison the Well is on tour with Hawthorne Heights and they're also on tour with. Copeland or something. You know what I mean? Three bands that ideologically are entirely different somehow all work together because of the music scene. And that's what made it really special. And that's what the internet really takes away. Because the internet takes away the rental hall show and the fact that we're all standing in a half circle while bands play on the floor. You cannot capture the magnitude of that moment on your cell phone. You just can't. Right.
0: Woo, that's some heavy stuff, JT. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, hit you, hitting me heavy on that. But you know good. what it was like. We, we haven't even gotten to uh, uh, is for
1: lovers fest though. I know. I mean, we haven't even <laughs> talked about that because <laughs> we got there. It, well, it's amazing because I promise you, I have never. Gotten so much feedback from us playing a fest as is for lovers fest. Every, I promise you, when we have played at other, you know, like uh, just our own shows after since the fest, people and on the cruise, people are like, "Oh man, I saw I saw you in Cincinnati at Ohio's for lovers," or, you know, or we saw you in Colorado, or and uh, and I was like, "Wow!" Every single person thought the fest was run so well. And they thought it was so amazing. They loved the lineup, and you guys did that. Like, it was not a corporation. It was not a massive million-dollar company going. We're going to, you know, uh, exploit these bands and make some money. Like you guys did it. I I mean, how did how does it? Because you were saying earlier, you know, you you go after Ben and say, hey, this idea, let's just do it ourselves or whatever. But you better know somebody. How does it go from go know somebody? The, I mean, everybody has ideas, but you took an idea and made it into something that was unbelievably successful. I mean, yeah. What, what is the work behind that? I mean, you don't have to go into every detail, but I mean, it seems like it has to be the most exhausting thing ever. I mean, every detail, it seemed like, was taken care of.
2: There was definitely a lot of brain tornadoes, and we we set out to like to just basically see if we could do something that was better than Wayne's world Two. Nice. That's basically <laughs> what we initially set out to. We were like, Hey, why can't we know how to do all this stuff? We run our own everything. Right. Why can we not figure out why are we Surprise. waiting? Why are we waiting right. on somebody to come up with is for lovers festival? Because they will. If you wait long enough, people know what Ohio is for lovers is. Somebody will exploit that. Why is it not us? And is it not us because we're just sitting backstage looking at Instagram? Like, that's what, that's literally what drives us. Anytime I see where like, I call it, when we wake up on the bus, one of the biggest toxic things for me is when everybody else is sleeping and I'm awake because I feel like an adult when I'm awake. So if like, if it's eight 30 and I'm the only one in the front lounge and everybody else is asleep and waiting for the wheels to stop, I'm like, what could they possibly be sleeping for? <laughs> Get up, create a music festival. But literally it's like moments like that. It's like like I said, you know, you you, we've all donate our donated our twenties and thirties. Yeah. Like this is we're so thankful that all of us can be here and have I don't even really consider it a renaissance, but let's use that term for whatever it is
4: during yeah. you know the renaissance yes <laughs> period. Th- this
2: is I the remember renaissance. those years
0: yeah the emo renaissance
2: <laughs> yeah i think we should probably call it the renaissance yeah. but um yeah so like you're just waiting on somebody else to exploit your master that's all you're waiting on so mm-hmm. why are we not all trying to think past what somebody else is thinking about We know our business more than anybody would know it. And we know the bands, we see them every day. We see it on the ground level on who still has that fire in them and who still connects 20 years later and which bands are still like awesome, still performing really well, writing some of their best music, still connecting with their fan base like that's that was our whole vibe and you know what like to to get to like the the reason that we really thought that it worked on a band level um was one of the first things that we did was eliminated everybody's rider we said nobody gets a rider because we're going to put yeah. everything that you could possibly want backstage for you. And you can take as much of it as you want all day long. And it was like that. It really was like, yeah. Because we wanted to take all of the sequestering of being in your own little private room, staring at your phone, looking at other people posting things instead of getting out and hanging out with these people, That you've wasted your 20s and 30s with. (laughs) Like why would we not want to have like a backyard barbecue. And drink coffee together. And then have like. Tiki style drinks. In one of the greatest summers of, of our lives. Why would you not want to do that every year? Yeah, I agree. The greatest
4: year of our life every year, JT. We could That's do it. That's what I'm saying, man. That is exactly what I'm if, saying. As See, long as
2: every year gets better than the last, you're always yes. having the greatest year of your life. I understand. You've squandered your 20s and 30s by not owning your masters. We're yeah. getting it all back with the festival, baby. Back. We're getting it back. back around. Yeah. But like the, the whole vibe was, you know how you play some festivals and you're like, I knew it was going to be like this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. the stage is so far from your backstage or you don't oh. have one whatsoever. Right. You can't find your merch area. You have no idea where catering is. Right. <laughs> you, there's no possible way that you're using the bathroom there. Right. So, so what do bands yeah. do? They're either on tour buses and they stay in their bus the whole time.
4: They sit in our van during a bunch of hours. They lock ourselves in our own van and stay there. What are you you talking about? You sit in your van
2: and talk to the same five people that you see every day. Or you get the closest possible hotel room that you can get. You drive over there, load in, and drive right back there until you play. And we wanted to eliminate all that by giving everybody – a day that was not wasting their time that made you actually want to go watch your friends play again yeah. and to go right. have a ha, sit side stage with a beer at a great venue and just watch. Yeah. The, and the everybody do we mushrooms like
4: in. the grateful dead. <laughs> so you psychedelics everywhere. Just well, like you year, say
2: year two, we're going to crank it up. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, we're going to get into psychedelia then. <laughs> well, all that's right. what I want year, to say.
1: Year year two is going to be awesome because I mean, year one yeah. went, So year one was a, a success, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had every number that we wanted to hit. We wow. we tested three totally different. This is all back behind the scenes stuff. But what we wanted yeah. to do was we obviously want Ohio to be the biggest one. Because we're from here. It's the namesake of the song. And we have so many friends and family from here. And we have the perfect venue that we grew up going to. That you never thought you would ever be able to play. Nobody had hopes to play that place. That is where you saw every massive artist. You know, from like U2 to Jimmy Buffett to like just... Every single ma- Metallica would play there, just massive bands. You never yeah. thought you'd be able to get there, let alone own it for a day. Right. So that's crazy. You know, it all, it all started with that. But, and then we went on to Denver, which is like an entirely different setup. And that's a one stage setup. So we were like, okay, well, can we do it in an outdoor setting that is like a pavilion? Is that the model? And then we went to an independent promoter in a small town in Wichita, Kansas. And all three of those are drastically different. Yeah. That venue in Wichita, everything is run in-house. It has a small room and then a big outdoor stage. Everything's self-contained. Everything's boxed in. So like that was our proof of concept. In 2022, you guys got the proof of concept. Is it better, the Ohio model? Is it better the Wichita model or is it better the Denver model? And we all decided that we really think Ohio is the model with having the multiple stage set up while having the budget to have 20 of the biggest bands in the music scene. So like what fell short in a couple of the other markets just happened to be the talent available. You know, like you want to be able to offer everybody's favorite bands and enough of them to make them want to be able to walk around and have a nice seat to watch bands play all day long because nobody's in their, you know, their teens or their 20s anymore. So, like, that stuff matters. You want good parking. You want um, great, like, things like iced coffee during the day. And then great drinks at night and like stuff like that. You, what matters now is totally different than what mattered then. So that was how we kind of created our model. And that's what we're pushing on into this year. You know, we have a lot of plans that we can't talk about yet. What but, do you, you have know,
4: that you can, what's, is, what's announced and would be announced or can be oh, by the time this podcast comes out?
2: Ohio and Tennessee are officially announced. Nice. Um, and Tennessee's and, in a
0: cave, right? Oh, what is a cave? cavern venue?
2: Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that is like our, our goal for this year was to try to put our genre in extremely interesting places that nobody ever thought that it would go. So like the idea of the caverns is it's one of the most beautiful venues in the country, in the world. Probably it's very unique It's in the middle of nowhere and it's a destination. So, you know how we all had an incredible time on the cruise. That really lit a fire under me when we were hanging out in the spa, like you do with your friends, your emo 20 year (laughs) reunion friends. (laughs) Right. Um, And we're sitting there and and. I'm just like, my brain doesn't stop when I'm inspired. So I'm sitting there like just calculating all these ideas. And- wait,
4: is wait, when your brain's most inspired is when you're sitting with me shirtless in the spa? Is that 100%. Great? Okay. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Continue. That's, on. When, I'm, that's yep.
2: when I'm most comfortable. Now you're the most inspired you've been. <laughs> what? Yes. Tell me more. So we're th- sitting there thinking, and we're on an emo cruise with all of our friends again. And we're like, What is, what's kind of missing from this that you could do that is not this, but have the same vibe? And that vibe is the destination. How can we get all these people who love this music that never thought they would get to see it in these locations? And that's where the caverns came about because it's, you know, usually reserved for bluegrass and folk and country and like stuff that lends itself to to Tennessee in general but also to to that sort of uh location so we're like let's do emo bands in a cave and outside the cave and just make it like kind of like that's where a great southern location would be and people that don't want to go watch country acts but want but have always wanted to go to that venue this might be their opportunity so, and, you know, wh- one thing that we did realize, and you guys probably realize this too, is how crazy we were co- going from Wichita, not getting any sleep, going to the airport, and then, like, getting there that day and trying to run the festival. You know, like, we're, like, out of our minds, and we're, we're high on life and on everything Denver has to offer, altitude mostly, but... um You know, if we didn't have all that, like, exuberance in us, we would have been on our ass. Uh, So we wanted to cut down travel times, yet keep it in a location that is far enough away. So that that first weekend that we announced, that's the calculation on that, is it's only about five hours apart. You get an hour with the time change. You won't be exhausted, in all these bands we will be able to go from... Ohio, right on down to the caverns, and it'll be great.
4: That'll be really yeah. fun. Did you, you, so you yeah. were considering Avenge Sevenfold in the cave? <laughs> uh, Metallica. Or Cave In, at least.
5: <laughs>
2: cave In saw. would be a good one. That might yeah, be I'm like, excited about that. That might be like Sand Bomb on an airplane or something like that. I don't think you might can be. say Cave In <laughs> yeah. in a cave. Yeah, I don't think um, you can actually say that. But yeah, so that, that's kind of the goal. Uh we're we're taking some big swings. We've been, you know, talking to everybody that we can from all these oddball destinations that we're trying to do. And really, like if you can get emo out in the middle of the ocean, you can put it anywhere. You know? And like I, I, I maybe moon, yeah.
4: moon, moon.
5: Moon. We're not
2: talking about that. That's <laughs> That's a touchy subject now that Twitter's gone wild, but, um, but yeah. So like when we, when we all had that discussion, we were like, we are on a cruise ship. I remember all of us are sitting there and we're like, these people all have real jobs because this is thousands of dollars that they're paying to see all these bands instead of $25 when emory's trying to rip you off mm-hmm. again for the weeks and another cash. Or, grab. Yeah, yeah. Just another cash grab. These people are willing to pay $2,000 to watch this stuff. It's like, dude, we've graduated. This is 401k emo. This is peak. This is premium. These are retirement. These people have retirement plans and they still like our songs. So That's crazy. Yeah. So like you look at that and it's like, dude, what what can we not do? Let's go crank it up.
1: Uh, I mean, we're not going to announce, but there's some other very cool is for lovers things coming too. That's what I'm mean. I, It's just wild. Like, yeah. I mean, what y'all have accomplished and it's such a high level. It's just, I can't believe it's so impressive. I mean, y'all, it really is and, pretty you know, phenomenal.
0: We know you, you don't pity us or anything, but we really do appreciate you. Oh, uh, you know, it's just cool that you know that we work hard and that you appreciate us and our band. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, one so of that means a lot to us, you know,
2: one of my favorite phrases and you know, like all of us are, are big sports people. Um, but one of my favorite phrases is iron sharpens iron. Yep. And like, it's, you always want to be around the people that make you better. You always want to be around the people that you know can wipe the floor with you if you allow it. And that is seriously, that's why we will choose Emory. That's why we will choose the story of the year. That's why we choose all these bands. You don't run from each other. Yeah, we you wipe play, the floor you,
4: with these yeah. motherfuckers.
2: Some days you do, and some yeah. days you gotta tuck your tail between your legs and uh-huh. realize.
4: Every day I get up, I'm gonna wipe the fucking floor with these motherfuckers out here. <laughs> That's what we wake up feeling that way in the bus.
2: Yeah. I got all charged up. Y'all yep, know my
4: McDonald's in the morning. I'm gonna you, wipe
2: ha- the- you have to. You gotta treat this like it's ancient Greece, man. You gotta treat uh-huh. this like this is the Romans. I'm trying to get you guys out out here on a Trojan horse to leave you in the ocean. Hilly. I, uh, I, it, I was, I'm gonna win by attrition.
3: I, I was kind of eavesdropping, but I heard y'all talking about the is for lovers. Some of the locations. Uh, I just go ahead and leak them. I heard y'all talking about Mar a Lago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waco at David Koresh's compound. Oh, uh, huge! Big Pablo big Escobar's big old compound in Medellin. Yeah. and then international. Yeah, 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 and then Jeffrey Epstein's fuck island. So it's just yeah. gonna fucking. It's gonna be, be so big cool. And you didn't even talk be be about sick. playing Hunter Biden's place.
5: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Streaming <laughs> exclusively from yeah. his laptop. <laughs> you know, the wildest thing that happened to me at Ohio is for lovers. This is so crazy. Um, cause my family was there and I was, you know, I, you, when your family's ever at a show, you have to kind of take care of them and you know, you're doing all that stuff. So I get back to our van and, uh, I'm, I'm, we're kind of unloading or whatever. And this guy, the stage hand walks around and starts talking to me. And I'm like, Oh, this guy's nice or whatever, but you know, I'm trying to get this stuff done, but he's just talking. He's asked me about the van. He's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy's really talking. I, I mean, he, I, 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 I thought he was coming to like help me carry gear to the, to the stage or whatever. And then uh, JT and Mark walk up and they talk for, to me for a second and they look at the stage and they go, can, can we get a pick with you? And it was the drummer <laughs> from the Descendants. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know. I thought he worked there. He was so like. And wasn't non- helpful. He was, No, but he was so nonchalant. like He was just yeah. so relaxed and chill that I did not think he was a band guy whatsoever. I mean, he was the, like the nicest guy in the world. And he took a picture. So he's probably, what, 55 or so? Oh, something? yeah. Yeah, probably. You know what mean? I mean? I just, you know, I, I mean, we grew up in South Carolina with Dave Matthews yeah. and Hooting the Blowfish. I didn't know who the hell the descendants were. And he couldn't <laughs> have been nicer and better and cooler, so much so that I didn't even think he was in a band. It was wild. And then when JT when when JT and Mark said, Hey, can we take a picture? I was like, th- I thought my first thought was JT and Mark, man, they just they it doesn't matter who it is, they will do anything for anybody. <laughs> I thought they were taking a picture with the stage. Again. <laughs> like that's how cool. <laughs> that's how cool they were. I was like, man, I felt bad about myself. I was like, man, JT and Mark will just stop. And it doesn't matter what level you're working this festival, they will be here for you. And th- that's how awesome they are. Little did I know it was the Descendants drummer.
2: Wow. I almost knocked your ass out when I saw you do. Because hey, I could if there's one thing that I know is I can read a man's eyes, and I can definitely read Toby's eyes. And I'm like, he does not know who this I have, person I no is. No idea. And the whole time, I am just. I'm playing poker back here. I'm looking um, at him going, this is the yep. worst bluff I've ever seen. I'm going in for the kill. I'm going all in on Toby being a total loser right here.
1: I was. He was such a nice guy. I feel like a, I, he was so nonchalant and relaxed. that That's why it just threw me off. I was like, there's no way this is a band guy. Band guys do not act like this. He was that cool.
2: The, the whole time I'm thinking, you know, if this is the freaking drummer of, fucking goatee hook or something he's salivating (laughs) wanting to shake his hand and stuff (laughs) meanwhile there's meanwhile there's literal royalty punk rock royalty (laughs) i do
1: you're exactly right if it was goatee hook i would have been like oh oh man i used to listen to you banana man oh my god (laughs) love that album anyway man all right well let's pay some bills real quick and we'll let you get out of here jt uh so we just had our new christmas album ep come out um this is really a good one you can stream blue christmas and the christmas song now add it to this year's christmas playlist it's on spotify it's on apple wherever you listen to music it's, that's where it's at uh marriage supply man we had a big black friday sale cyber monday sale and we did really well so big um, i'm very Excited about that? I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> huge, massive, massive, black throbbing. throbbing. So if, <laughs> if you want, if you want to have some massive throbbing, use code all over for ten percent off at marriagesupply.com supply.com. Our sex toy to- store. Uh, we uh, so- we sold and gave away sex toys on the, the Emos Not Dead cruise, and the I mean seconds. At, after the cruise ended, I get a text from JT. How many of those cock rings you <laughs> <shall> sell?
2: <laughs> you know me, I want to know that. I want to know the numbers. He wants not know the stra- deep. Yeah. I'm a straight numbers guy. Yes, you are. <laughs> I love it. We can divert just really quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: I'm sitting there. I'm just checking in on our merch. <laughs> I look over and I'm like, God damn it, Toby. I look over and I see that I see that before I see an Emory shirt. First of all, I see that, and then I'm thinking about it over the next four days. And I'm thinking, I keep going and checking on our merch every day. I keep seeing less and less, yeah, cock rings in there. Yep. So I'm sitting there thinking, there are people buying these and using them on this ship that i'm on oh yes (laughs) i just thought it was pretty genius pretty awesome i thought it was nice
1: i appreciate that thank you very much yeah um also join emory land you get uh just a shitload of music from emory um a ton but our catalog you get you get so much stuff and new stuff like uh christmas songs we just did a uh Covers EP that just Emory land got. It is awesome. Uh, you get my email, which has been a little MIA because we've been doing so much, but it, it you will get it. It's called the goods to email. Um, well, you know,
0: one other thing you get too. what else Toby, other than, sorry, going back to the music a little bit, you get our video specials. Oh yeah. That we did mm-hmm. that are really good. And also by the time this podcast comes out, we will have done another one. Ooh. Ooh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It won't be but out. Have done yet another one. in Emoryland. Not but out. It, will, won't be be out, but it yeah. will be there. It will be
4: there. We can't tell what it is.
1: Can we tell folks what it is, or are we we hiding that for a bit?
0: Ah, uh, you know, I don't know, Matt.
1: No, <laughs> not not until JT announces
4: the full yeah. lineup of mar for lago yeah. full em- Emory <laughs> live
5: at Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, be huge. Our- it's gonna <laughs> be huge. It's gonna be huge.
1: Um. Also, you get your name read on this podcast, and uh, as always, we ask all the folks that the names that we read uh, to send in something special. And this week, they sent in names of babies that they they think are the worst names ever for babies.
0: <laughs> okay. So this is this is kind of cool. So uh, I got the name. All right, go ahead and read it. Uh, Blaine Wright.
1: Did you know this is a name people call their baby Bacardi?
0: Nice. I like
4: really?
1: it. Blaine, Blaine, Blaine Wright said he no, he, but he doesn't like it. No, it's a bad name. Oh, I think. These, bad these are bad one. names for babies. Not cool. Names. I, well, th- I think
2: I, I think I disagree with Blaine.
1: Well, maybe it is. Okay, but this could well. be good or bad names. It's up dealer's choice. Whatever or uh, yeah, up up to the list.
0: McCarty sounds like a high class yeah. rich kid. It yep. definitely
1: does.
0: But but a cool one.
2: Yep. Because, you know what okay, I mean.
0: So maybe it's a good like, name. Cool.
2: Yeah. At least born on first base. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The name like Bacardi.
0: Um Nick Keller.
2: Adolph. Yeah, that's Adolf. tough. That's tough. <laughs> that's a tough Adolf. That's not a good one. That's, that's a, a Permanent permanent banishment on that one. Yeah,
1: that one I don't think you can do anymore. Especially in one There better be one. On this especially list in one country. Of. I wouldn't name your kid Adolf. There's one country that would stay away <laughs> yeah. from that name.
0: It might be multiple countries. I, I think, think that's, that's a, a universal ban. Tough. It
1: might be, but especially one. <laughs> Um Jennifer McMillan. jermajesty J E R Majesty. jermajesty nice.
0: Yep. Your Majesty. Yep. Never heard it. Robert Poole.
1: D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one.
3: It could be that's good.
1: D'Artagnan. Yeah, Robert didn't like it.
2: No. That sounds like a G.I. Joe like your parents like, go to Renaissance festivals. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a Ren fair situation. That
1: sounds like there should there. I mean, if you if there would have been one more kid, it probably would have been D'Artagnan Carter.
0: <laughs> That's what Dave always calls him. Used yeah. to always call himself yeah. D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. All right, last one, Matt Belford.
1: This one's a tough one. Nevaeh, y'all know that one? Oh I I my gosh, dude! That one's so popular, and it's heaven backwards. And I think that the lead singer—I'm pretty sure the lead singer of POD was his sonny. I think him and his wife created that. They said heaven backwards. I think they're the ones that created that, and it's super
2: popular. Wild. I'm drawing the line there.
3: I'm reading uh, Adolfo. I will give
2: a pass to the goatee hook drummer, though.
3: (laughs) Adolfo (laughs) is still common in Spanish and Portuguese cultures. It's not stigmatized, stigmatized. In their cultures, Adolfo, they don't look at it the same. Kind of similar. It's like the swastika is still normal in what culture is that? Like India or something like that. It's like they Uh, don't associate it with anyway.
1: Okay. I'm certain if if he could have had one more kid, there would have been a jihad lunch.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You you broken.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah <laughs> all right y'all uh that was fun j t thanks for being yep. here <laughs> yeah, join Emmerland you can go listen to part two right now. go buy is for lovers tickets
2: got to you better and by the way i'm I'm gonna lay it on the line here. I'm making you guys play more shows this year Ooh, I'm excited about okay. it actually I'm. Very, I apologize no but no no we're gonna take every, at all. we're gonna take every bit we can get I'm very well, excited I appreciate about it. it all right. Thanks, JT. Of course. Thank you, guys. Get down from Uh, there, Jihad. Get down. Get get your masters back, (laughs) but keep uh, touring digitally. Got it. I Enjoy it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: See
5: you guys. Cool, man. See you, bud. See you, JT.